Welcome to the Good News Program. I have a special guest today, Rick Rosichuk, who's got an exciting testimony of many things that God's done in his life. I invite you to stay tuned and, and uh, hear some good news. Rick, thank you for taking time to come and share what thank God's you. done in your life. Yeah, thank you. Now, I know today, uh, today rather, you're a businessman in uh, St. Paul, Alberta. That's correct, yeah. Uh, you have a bookstore there. You've got a, tr a trucking business going. and. But life did, story, yeah. yeah, life didn't begin there. Where did life begin for you? I was born in a. I'm very close to my mother, like most people say, <laughs> but uh, uh, in a little town called Willingdon. And when I was born, my mother got sick, and I was in, basically stayed with my grandparents till I was five years old. So at one point, my mother was she was down to like 69 pounds, and they didn't know if she was going to make it. But it found out that she had tonsil problems. They had to remove the tonsils, and then we all got our, as kids, uh, our brothers and sisters, we all had to get our tonsils out. And uh, so, I, yeah, I grew up with my grandparents till I was five and stayed with them till I was off and on in the summers till I was 13. Okay. So you went to school in that area? And... That's, I went to school in, in Two Hills and then finished it in St. Paul. Okay. Yeah, you bet. What, what was life like for you as a youngster? What are well, some I, of the things I you experienced? Have, I had great parents. They were good parents for sure. We lived out on the farm and we went to work, uh, worked hard on the farm. And as, as a life with God, I mean, there was a bit of it. We were Orthodox and uh, we didn't go to church a lot, like, you know, Easter and stuff like that, right? I used to say that we'd go to church to get hatched, matched, or dispatched. And I don't know if that's, so when we were born, they would baptize us. And, and, but yeah, that's kind of what was life then. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Uh, did you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I got one brother and two sisters. They're all older. I'm, I'm the baby of the family. You're the youngest, you're the youngest one. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, one of, the th one of the things about growing up in a farm, you learn what work is. No, for sure. I started driving a tractor when... I was really young, nine years old. Ten years old, and you're driving tractor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've been doing it all my life, and still doing that a bit. But yeah, yeah. You bet. Good. Okay, so um, education, or did you go beyond high school no, there? Or? High school, and then I started to work in an oil patch, and became a. I wanted to become an engineer, but I didn't didn't make it. And I started working for an oil company as an operator, and I worked for that for several years, and now I'm. Kind of uh, an assistant foreman who looks after. Uh, when you say an oil company and operator, is that a drilling operator? No, it's it's the guys who actually do the production. So you okay. get, we get the oil out of the ground and pump it into the tanks, and then that goes out to sales, kind of thing. And and I look after those uh, those people who take care of that, who get okay. the oil out of the ground. Okay. That's what I yeah. do now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot safer, I think, than working on the drilling rig. Oh yeah, for sure. No, yeah. I never ever worked on rigs, but but I, the yeah. production end of things, so. Yeah. Still do that now. Yeah. Yeah. Did you take specialized training to get into that type of work? I did a bit of training, but not just, just through correspondence and stuff, but University of Hard Knocks. Yeah. You know, I spent yeah. a lot of time, and you know, I've been doing that for 30 years now, 31 yeah. years actually yeah. in that industry. So. The University of Experience yeah. is a tough, <laughs> tough university. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah you, but it's, it's all good, though. Yeah. You good. know, you learn and carry good. on. But good, good. So that's 
So uh, tell me about some of your business enterprises. What do I do? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, we have a Christian bookstore. We've owned it for six years now. My, my wife kind of taking the reins there and she's kind of running that. And so we're just trying to get the good, good news out, just like the good news television with the good news of God's good news. So we do that and, and uh, yeah, have a little hay business as well. And I do some of that and do a lot of things. Uh, we just work on a farm a bit. I help my sister-in-law and, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, uh, we make hay and do a little bit of grain and stuff like that. And yeah. Sell some hay bales. Good, good. Yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, as a youngster you were in an Orthodox uh, church. And yes. You went to church sometimes. We did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but today I know that you're uh, more on fire for the Lord than you were then. But yeah. how, how did that happen? What took well, place? You know, years ago I, I used to... Uh, my neighbors would take me to a little Baptist church once in a while to mm -hmm. Sunday school. And we had this thing called, excuse me, uh, Busy Bee. They would take me downstairs to do Sunday school. They'd always say, Rick, ask the Lord in your heart. So I asked the Lord in my heart many times, but I, I didn't really know what I was doing or how, you know, what was going on. I was just a youngster. So, so but that, you know, stuck with me. And when I was 30 years old, I was going through a like a breakup. I spent quite a few years with one young lady, and uh, at the same time, I was told that I might have bone cancer mm. from a doctor. And she said, "You know, don't worry about it." But this is what be going on, and I'm like, "Don't worry about it." And so now I'm breaking up with my girlfriend, and I'm told I might have bone cancer. And I started to search, and I said, "You know, what is this life all about?" So a lady gave me this book, and I started to read this book. But at the end of the book. It said, give your life, give your heart to Jesus Christ. And I remember I was on my bed. Uh, There's nobody else around, so I always say, you know, nobody led me to Jesus. Jesus led me to himself. But when I read that, I said, God, if you're real, I give you my life. And I felt this presence come over me from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes, and I knew that I knew that my life just changed. So you felt the presence come on you. When you committed your life That's to Jesus right. Christ on your own, yeah. you felt this presence come yeah. over you. And then I, I got a vision, a picture of me when I was a, a young man in that little church that I was telling you about, asking the Lord to come into my heart with those busy bee things that we used to spit. I felt that I could see myself then. So I mean, I, I felt the same thing when I felt there as I did then when I asked the Lord. And I knew that my life changed. And, I wanted, you know, nothing to do with my old ways. I, 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 instead of listening to all kinds of crazy music, I started listening to Christian programming and, and doing all kinds of stuff like that and trying to seek for God. And after a few years, I, uh, about two or three years of healing, I, I, I got my hands and knees one day and I said, Lord, I'd like to meet that special lady that you have for me. And within a month of that prayer, I met my wife and now we have four daughters and kind of the rest is history but she had a her mother was into full gospel businessmen and she used to ask me she'd say Rick come with me to full gospel businessmen and I said you know I love the Lord I don't need to go to full gospel I've I've asked him to be my savior and she said so well come so I, I you know she's your mother-in-law and you want to honor her so I went and uh I listened to a, a, a guy's testimony. His name is Tyrone Myers. I don't know if you know Tyrone, 
But he talked about what God did in his life. It's an amazing story. But at the end of the, his story, he called anybody needs prayer. And that night, I, I really particularly had problems with TMJ. You ever hear that? Mm -hmm. My jaw would click and I used to get dizzy and all kinds of problems in my head. And that night it was really bad. So I was leaving to go home and I, I walked to the back of the, to the, uh, uh, basically it was held in the hall. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, Pat, says to me, he says, Rick, what did you think of the, the testimony? I said, you know, it, it was an awesome story, I said to him. And uh, I said, but I'm going home, Pat, because I'm dizzy and my jaw's hurting me really bad. He said, why don't you go and get prayer and get that healed? I said, that, you know, that's a very nice story, but I said, it's going to do nothing for me. Because that's where my faith was, I didn't know. And uh, he said, what do you got to lose, Rick, your sore jaw? I said, well, since you put it that way, I guess that's what I got to lose. So I kind of humbled myself and I looked around and I thought, make sure nobody, nobody knows me here. But I, I went to the front and, and, and he came up to me and says, young man, would you like prayer? And I said, well, thank you for the compliment because he called me a young man. And I said, sure. He said, well, what's wrong? And I said, well, I have this TMJ thing, problems in my jaw and it's clicking and it hurts and I get dizzy. And I said, tonight it's particularly bad. He said, well, I'm just going to ask the Lord to heal you. I said, okay. So he put his hand, like finger in my ear, hand on my jaw, and he just said something simple. He said, dear Jesus, I just pray whatever's wrong with this man's jaw, whatever's wrong with his head, I just pray you heal him in the name of Jesus. And when he did that, it just went, and it was all gone. And I'm like, oh my, this isn't just real, it's really, really real. The pain left? Everything left. The jaw quit. No more problem. I was just totally gone. Not dizzy anymore? Nothing. Instantly healed. And he says to me, are you full of the Holy Spirit? And I said, I don't even know who the Holy Spirit is, to be honest with you. And he said, you want to be? I said, if it's from God, I want to be. So he laid his hands on my head again, and he prayed again. And I fell down on the floor, and I come up speaking in new tongues, and that's, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And ever since then, I guess my life changed even more. Yeah. You mentioned something, you fell down, and a lot of people don't understand that yeah. when you're in the presence of God, you can't stand. You, yeah. you so, go down. So, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't Not normally time, fall for... Many times. I don't normally fall, but that yeah. time I did, yeah. And then he ministers to you. He does, yeah. Well, that's good. In a gentle way. Yeah, he's what, really... what change did that make in your life? What changed that? Yeah, when, when you first you, you experienced the miracle of healing yeah. of your yeah. jaw, the TMJ, yeah. and then received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what change did that make to your life? Oh, a, a huge changes. I, I always say that when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you become a Christian, you have a little fire burning in your heart. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like the, the main burners on the furnace kick on. You have the pilot light, and the main burners kick on, and then you just, you don't want to stop telling people about the goodness of God. You became more bold? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still am today. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I love to tell people about the, the good Lord, right? And I've seen many people come to know him. Yes. You know, yeah. and that's, it's happened and, yeah. And I, I don't know if, if another thing that happened to me through this whole experience that, because I was still doing some kind of, you know, not, I was getting better, but I still had some things that had to come off my life. And I had a friend who was a great guy. He ended up, you know, he's always depressed. And I heard about this guy by the name of Bob Larson. I don't know if you ever heard of him. I've heard the but name. He casts out demons out of people. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to him on this radio station. And I thought, you know what, my, my friend, he might have, you know, 
something wrong with him, like a demon or something, because I heard this, because he's always depressed, right? So I, uh, I called him up. I said, you know what? Why don't you come with me to this Bob Larson thing? And he said that he would. But three weeks before this happened, before Bob come to Edmonton, he ended up committing suicide. Hmm. So I thought that I would, I would go to this as closure myself, and I went, and I listened to Bob for two, three nights there, because I was working on eight and six shift, and I happened to be off then. So, you know, I watched this, and I seen these people, like, from all kinds of crazy stuff happening, and they turn, their faces would turn like, almost like evil. And I'm like, is this real? I don't know if it's real. I want to know for sure, right? So I bought some of his tapes, and I brought them home. And they sat on my coffee table for a few months, and I was single at that time, and, and uh, one, one night, I was asking God, I said, is this real or is this fake or what is this? But one night, one of my friends came over. And he said, you know Bob Larson? I said, well, I don't know him. I went to one of his things. He said, well, I have an auntie. I said, well, what do you do? I have an auntie too. He said, well, you don't understand. He said, she was a miserable lady. He said, just, and she went to one of these Bob Larson things and got seven demons you know, cast out of her. And seven now, demons Seven demons. Out. And he said, now she's like the nicest person you ever want to meet. I said, well, that's amazing, right? That's an amazing story. So when he left, I had that tape back then. It was VHS. I threw it in, and it was on forgiveness. I said, if you want to be set free in life, it's as easy as saying the Lord's Prayer and meaning it. And I thought, well, hey, I can do that. So I, I went to bed that night, and I kneeled by my bed, and I said, you know, our Father who art in heaven, I'll be dying. God us to forgive us our trespasses. I said, Lord, please forgive me of my trespasses, for there are many. I ask you to forgive me. And all those, Lord, who trespassed against me, I forgive them. And even my ex-girlfriend and all that, I, I pray that you give her a good life with her, with her husband, and she's supposed to be with him. This, this, you know, I just pray a blessing over him. And when I said that, the meanest voice that I ever heard come over, come over me and said, I will get you yet. And I'm, my hair started to stand up on the back of my head. I'm like, now I'm hearing voices. This is crazy. So I went to the kitchen, poured a glass of water. And uh, I had that water, and I thought, Rick's fine. I watched a little bit of news and went back to bed. I did it again. Did it to me three times. So I had a friend that we'd go walk our dogs together. He actually was a priest. And uh, he, I phoned him up. He said, there's a weird stuff coming out, going on in my place. He come over. He prayed with me. He said, you'll be fine. Well, no kidding. That night, I had the best night of sleep I ever had, but honestly. And I woke up the next day and I said, you know what, this is, this is amazing. And, and it wasn't until three days later, I uh, remembered I used to smoke. And I tried cigarettes, I'm like, that's terrible, that smoking left me. And swearing totally left my lips that day. I, was, I, was, I had a demon of unforgiveness, even though I was a Christian. I'm not saying that I was possessed but I had this demon of oppression on me, and it left, and it had to leave because it had no more legal right because I chose to forgive. And the forgiveness is a key. You know, it says there right in the Bible, if we don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. So and that's, a that's major amazing. Thing. That night you, you uh, asked forgiveness for yourself, and you yeah. forgave all those that have hurt that's, you. That's right. And, and three days later, you realize you haven't been smoking. smoking. Exactly. No withdrawal. And, and no, until they set free from that, and no more swearing. No more swearing. It's all left, right? And you didn't have to do willpower or you didn't nothing? Have to do nothing. That is you know, amazing. I don't want to smoke anymore. That's the last thing I want <laughs> to do. So, yeah, I did that. And, so that was, that's the kind of things that God did. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Now, I know that there's people that are watching this program. 
uh, Rick, that don't have that relationship with the Lord that you have today. Uh, would you look into this camera behind me here and just lead them through a prayer of how, the, how do you go about inviting Jesus into your heart and asking him to forgive you? That prayer of salvation, would you do that for them, please? Absolutely. No, you know, there, God gave us commandments. There's 10 commandments and we, all of us fall short of the glory of God. So if you've ever, you know, if you ever told a lie, that makes you a liar. If you ever use God's name as a cuss word, you're a blasphemer. If you ever, you know, committed adultery, most people say they, they, they don't, but you know, we all have done it in our hearts. And, and uh, so these are the things that God came and gave those commandments, but we can't live by the commandments because that's who we are. We're sinful people. And God made a way. He sent his son, Jesus, who died on the cross, that if you receive him, that he'll forgive you of your sins. And if you have to realize that you are a sinner in need of a savior, and all you got to do is say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Forgive me of all my sins. And, and he, he's faithful and just to do it. And say, Jesus, come into my heart and make me a new creation. And he does that. And when you do that, and if you mean that, you're a new creation. You're a new creature in Christ. And uh, the rest of your life will be the best of your life. It says, as far as the east is from the west, he'll remember your sins no more. And that's what God can do for you. And even greater things will he do because he's with the Father. And we serve a God who is a living God. And I just, uh, in Jesus' name, pray that prayer with me. Amen. And it'll be done. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And for those of you that have done that, uh, believe me, it may sound too simple, but you've just changed the ownership uh, of the person in authority of your spirit, man, and your body and soul. But uh, th that's, you've been born again. And just invite you to find somebody who loves Jesus and share with them that you've put Jesus in charge of your life. And if you can find a Bible, you get a hold of a Bible and uh, read the New Testament, starting at towards the back. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the epistles after that. Uh, you'll find the thing that'll happen is you'll start losing your fear of death. And you, you start finding more peace. Do you want to share some of the things you've seen God do since uh, you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and salvation? You know, this has just happened just lately, and it's a fresh testimony. But I've seen God do many things for many people, heal many, many people. But one thing that just happened lately, I got invited to go preach in a, in a little church. And I, on the way into the church, I seen these two people walking, and it's on a native reserve. And, and I said to these two, I said, would you guys like to uh, come to church today? And they said, no, we don't normally do that. I said, well, no, come, come today. And they said, well, we're going to St. Paul. I said, you know, I'd gladly give you a ride, but I said, I have to go to church now. And I said, if you come, you'll hear a good speaker. And they said, well, who's speaking? And I said, well, I am. <laughs> so, so they kind of chuckled and I chuckled. Of course, I was just teasing, but they came and I explained. I shared testimony, my testimony, kind of what I'm doing today and, and how to get saved. And they wanted to get saved. So they come to the front and after I was done speaking, they come to the front crying. They gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And I just got a text here two nights ago that they were in a terrible car accident and the wife of this man passed away and their kids are in hospital. Even right now as I'm speaking, we're praying for them that they'd be totally healed. But that's how fast it can happen. It just happened so fast. So, it, you know, our life is just a breath, but eternity is forever. And you get to choose where you're going. And 
That's, that's a big thing. Thank you, Rick. You know, if we choose to do this later on, that we're just going to enjoy life and then we're going to do this later on, we've already chosen that's right. to reject uh, the Lord. And uh, There's no guarantees. Like in that lady in that car accident, she wouldn't have had time to repent and invite Jesus into her heart as no. the other vehicle hit him. No, you know? it's true. Today is the day of salvation. You know, you've got lots of experiences. Share some of the things that you've seen God do, Rick. Well, I've seen, <laughs> I was in Mexico. Uh, I felt to go on a mission trip with my children. I wanted to show them how, you know, that what we do in Canada is, and you know, we live pretty good here. And it's just to show them the third world country that people have it a lot harder than what we have. So I, I uh, when we were down there, there was a, a man who came up. He said, "Ask for prayer, right?" And he's speaking in Mexican. And they said, "Rick, would you pray for him?" So I laid my hands and prayed for him. And Within 15 seconds, he could see. He was blind. He was blind, and, and then, then he, he could, could see, see after f only 15 because, seconds 15, of prayer. Yeah, because you know, down there they, they they don't have no eye specialist that they can afford and all this stuff. So they have what they have, and all they, what they need is the Lord, and the Lord is their doctor and He's their healer. And I just prayed in faith, and God healed them. So I've seen God heal many, many people of knee problems. Many times I've seen, and. Lots of testimonies. I don't even know if I have time to share them. There's so many. Well, give us, give us a, a, a sprinkling of them. Well, I, I, I had a friend who come over to haul some hay, and uh, he pulled in my yard. Actually, at that point, he wasn't my friend. I didn't really know him. But when he come into the yard, I uh, he got out of his truck and, and he was barely moving. I said, well, "What is wrong with you?" And he's like, "Oh, my knees are done. I got to go for operation for surgery." And I said, you know, God heals today. I said, can I pray for you? He said, okay. So I prayed for him, and God totally miraculously healed him right there instantly in our yard. And uh, he was good for probably over a year, and then he hurt his knee again because he twisted it. And he had an 11 millimeter, they said 11 meter, millimeter uh, bone intrusion or whatever they call that, spur, spur bone spur in, in his knee. and. Uh, so they wanted to operate to get that out of there because when he hurt his knee again, he twisted it. And we prayed for him again, and it was like a, like a ice vice that come around him. And he got touched, but it wasn't totally gone. But when they operated on him, they could not find that bone anywhere. They said they opened him up for no reason. He was better off not to be opened up. Amazing. God healed him before the surgeon got, right. him, got in there. That's right. Yeah. And, so and nothing wrong with surgeons. We, no, man, no, we sure. appreciate yeah, surgeons no, and hospitals. No, we need doctors but, for sure. But, uh, but God can do it too. If God can do it, it's so much better, so much easier. And no, he's a doctor of doctors. Yes. You know, when I say, yeah. God before you, who can be against you? Yeah, yeah. So just simply uh, believe. Yeah. You got, you got another one? Another testimony? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I know got, you've got so many. But. I got so many. There, there is a, I run a camp in the summertime, and there's a, a lady who, who I just felt compassion for her because she, she was walking around barely moving with these two crutches, right? And she had two ligaments torn on one side and one on the other. And I asked her, I said, what happened to you? She said, well, I, I uh, you know, broke my ankle, and kind of my, my ligaments are kind of messed up. And I said, well, can I pray for you? And she said, okay. And she was just dropping off her kids there to go to camp. And she said, okay. So I prayed for her once. I said, do you feel anything? She said, no. So I said, well, do you mind if I pray again? She said, okay, yeah, you can pray again. So I prayed again. 
I said, you feel anything now? She said, no. I said, you know what? I really don't believe that when I pray for people that nothing happens. So if you don't mind, if you'd allow me, I'd like to pray again. She said, okay. So I prayed again for her. She looked at me. She said, it's starting to get better. I said, well, praise the Lord. So we prayed again in Jesus' name. I had to pray for her, honestly. I prayed for her seven times. I wouldn't give up because I know God wanted to heal her. But at seven times, she was totally healed. Totally healed. She dropped her crutches. She picked up her granddaughter. She carried her. She went and she left. And I seen her at the end of the week when she come back to pick up her, 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 her daughter. Her grand, no, she picked up her children, but her granddaughter was there with her. But I said, how are you now? She said, it's still totally gone. That's wonderful. Yeah. So God is alive and he's still doing the same things today as Amen. he did when he walked this earth in physical form. And he said in his word yeah. in John 14, 12, that we, all believers, will yeah. do the same, same things that he and did even greater and things. even greater things. Yeah. Rick, we've only got about a couple of minutes left. I believe there's people watching this program right now, and uh, this is what I'm getting. There's some with back aches, mm -hmm. uh, neck aches, uh, knees, hips, uh, and whatever else you're getting. But mm -hmm. those are what I'm getting. If you would no. pray for them before so, yeah. uh, we finish the program. You know what? God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, and it's it's nothing that I can do. I was saying, her, you know, but it's what He can do. And if you believe by faith, this is a two or more agree. And I'm just going to agree with you right now, that the things that Steve just called out. That if you agree right now, in Jesus' name, God's going to heal you. So, Father, I just pray for every back problem, every knee problem every hip problem and neck, even ear, ears ringing and anything that ails you. I know that God will heal you. So right now in Jesus' name, we just release God's goodness, His glory and His healing power over you and just receive it and send in your testimonies of what, what God did in your life because God loves to hear your testimony and then you have a testimony to tell others of the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Thank you very much, Rick. Thank you, Steve. That's the good news of today. Amen. God is alive. He's healing and He's touching people he is, yeah. and restoring lives and he's a good uh, bringing life and joy. Amen. He Peace. does. Thank you, Rick. Absolutely. Amen.